0: hey good morning everyone welcome back to the seeking refuge podcast it's uh good to be able to get back into the bible this morning and uh just doing a study on a couple things and i'm uh, excited to share what i've been studying with you so um i've been uh thinking about this it seems like when i look around uh recently that the ignorance of people is kind of intensifying uh do you ever feel that way? I mean, if you're if you're saved and you know the Lord and you're in your Bible, it's pretty easy to look around and say, man, uh what has happened to our society? And and in all honesty, um it's ignorance. There's just a lot of ignorance. It's biblical ignorance. It's uh, amongst many other things. And I think as Christians, one thing that's challenged me with that is Sometimes I don't have the patience or the tolerance of the ignorance of people that I need in order to have a godly compassion for the state of those that don't know any better. What I'm getting at with that is this. It is our responsibility as Christians who know the Bible to share what we know with those who don't Despite the uh, potential for hostility or for adverse reactions to it, because not everybody wants to hear it, but um, sometimes a certain level of ignorance going on around us can actually harden our hearts because we're offended by it and make us indifferent towards the spiritual state of those who are participating in the ignorance, Um, then on another level with this is also the idea that oftentimes Christians are influenced to behave ignorantly, um, who live not knowing or understanding the word of God, the commands of God and for the, for the lifestyle and the life of the Christian. And it's because of the influences they've allowed through their relationships and everything else in their life. So, um, I I was kind of just studying on this issue and, uh, I came up with this lesson for this morning titled ignorance is not an excuse. So I want to welcome you to the seeking refuge podcast. I'm so thankful for those who are faithful and listening in and doing the Bible studies with me. um, I, I You know, I get a lot out of it, and it's always a pleasure to share and So if you're new to tuning in, I'm Brian Swinford. I uh, started this podcast almost a year ago now it's hard to believe it's been that long. It's just a study that we can do through the week, listen in from work in the car, whatever's going on and uh, you know the theme of this, the whole topic of this is seeking refuge and you know what we're doing is we're coming together on this podcast. And we're seeking refuge from the world because the world is a mess and we need to seek refuge from it. And we're seeking that refuge in God's unchanging word because God's word never changes. The world changes every day, but God's word, God's standard, God's promises, God's covenant, it's unchanging. It's it's a constant and uh, you need to have constants in your life. It's very important that we have routine, that we have structure, we have discipline. There's no better place to get all of those things than from the word of God. So the theme verse for our podcast is Psalm 91 verse 2. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Um, This is a day that you have made. We will rejoice And be glad in it, Lord. Um, There's just many things going on in the world. uh, And it's all things that your word told us were going to come to pass. We see the wars. We see destruction. We see um, pestilence. Um, Lord, we see great suffering and persecutions and great danger. Lord, we're in perilous times indeed. And we pray, Lord, that we can come together this morning seeking refuge from these things in your word lord comfort us give us peace give us understanding lord and strengthen us lord to continue to be faithful no matter what the climate is around us lord we just want to serve you and be obedient thank you for your word i ask that you bless the lesson this morning and bless all those that are listening in god you know their needs you know their burdens and you know their struggles as well as you know mine and uh we lift them up to you lord we set them aside, we set them at your feet, we remove the distractions, and we say, speak to us in this devotional this morning, God. We need you, we love you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's, uh, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 4. We'll start on this uh, topic of ignorance is not an excuse. Leviticus chapter 4, I'll give you a second to turn there. <clears throat> All right, Leviticus chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 1, verse 5, and then verse 27 and uh, verse 28. So starting in verse 1 of Leviticus chapter 4, Scripture reads, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, well, I guess I'm reading 1 and 2, I apologize, Speak to the children of Israel saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them. Okay, basically, if anybody sins, even if they don't know any better, they sin out of ignorance, any part of the commandments... Alright, so we're talking about anything. We'll go down a little bit, verse 5. And the priest that is anointed shall take of the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And said, so how does that join in with verse 1 and 2? Even the sin out of ignorance required a blood sacrifice. We'll go on a little further, go to uh 27. It says here, And if any one of the common people sin through ignorance while he doeth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done and be guilty, or if his sin, which he has sinned, come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering. Uh, And, you know, under the sacrificial system of the law, the offering was a kid of the goats in this instance, a female without blemish for his sin, which he had sinned. uh we know in Leviticus there was several different offerings there was you know trespass offering, sin offering uh and everything else. but I want to point this out to you here, and I think it's important even um a sin out of ignorance, even the sin of somebody who didn't know any better, still required a sacrifice for forgiveness. And, as I pointed out to you, that sacrifice is the same pattern of all the sacrifices that God required. So, i point this out to you first. The sacrifice of that person who sinned in ignorance, it still required blood. If you read through Leviticus, you'll find that the priest who would do the offering on behalf of the person had to go through his own sacrifice and ceremony, basically, for his own cleansing because the pattern of sacrifice requires the perfection not only of the thing being sacrificed in place of the sinner, but it also required perfection by the one who was offering it. These things point us directly to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Alright? Um, we know in Hebrews it says that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away the sins of the people there was a temporary atonement that was done under the levitical sacrificial system given to moses that did in a temporary appeasement of god's wrath towards our sin but then man would sin again and have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it but we know under our new covenant a better covenant given to us through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross, he offered himself once to forgive all sin. But I think it's important to remember Christ followed the same pattern. The sacrifice of Christ was the shedding of his own blood on the cross. He as the sacrifice was perfect because he lived without sin. But he as our high priest was perfect because he was sinless, so he was qualified to offer it in our place. And praise be to God, he offered it once and it would be, um, you know, it would be a perfect sacrifice able to cover all sins that would ever be committed on earth. So a sin out of ignorance still requires sacrifice for forgiveness. Why is that important? Because we need to remember that um, people say, well, what about, I've heard this question. What about the people that live in, you know, some uh, really obscure location of the earth where they don't have any modern anything, and they live in huts, and they make their own clothes out of leaves, and they, you know, they hunt, gather, and grow uh, to sustain themselves, you know, they're completely... Uh, nobody, you know, they don't have a lot of contact with the outside world and nobody's told them the gospel. Will they still go to hell? Um, you know, that's a tough question, right? Um, but the Bible answers it for us. And sometimes we don't like the answer that the Bible gives us, but the Bible clearly tells us they need Jesus Christ for their salvation. Just like you and I do. Listening to this podcast this morning, just like somebody in the Catholic Church does, just like it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, what you know and what you do not know, there is no excuse to sin in ignorance. The person who does still needs a sacrifice in their place to bring forgiveness for the sin, and that sacrifice is Jesus Christ, and it's our job to tell them. Um, The second point of this Alright, so the first one is sins out of ignorance still require sacrifice. Here's another one. Ignorance is not an excuse to not know God. Romans chapter 1. You know, a lot of people, I think, at the judgment will say, Well, God, nobody told me. Nobody shared the gospel with me. It was this person's fault. It was that person's fault. I didn't know any better. And God will not accept that plea. He can't. Um, And his word tells us that that will not be uh, an acceptable excuse. There will be no excuses in heaven. It will only be, did you accept Jesus Christ or did you not? And, you know, I hate it. I don't even like thinking about it. But the ones who don't, they will be in hell for eternity. And we are to have a sense of compassion towards those who don't know. You know, we say we love God, and God tells us to love our neighbor, but we don't really love them if we're not willing to try to share with them the one thing that will keep them out of hell when they die. Romans chapter 1, look down at verse 18. Romans 1 verse 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed... "...from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, seen, being understood by the things that are made." even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What that's telling us is this. The very creation of God is so amazing, complex, organized. um, It shows sequence, um, the the pattern, the, the, the way that the things work that are made. Um, you think about the human body, the ability to see the way the brain works, cardiovascular system, digestive system, these things don't happen on accident. All right. Regardless of what some of these people say, um, in, you know, in science and, you know, we always hear about the scientists that try to refute biblical creation. We don't hear a whole lot. Unless you are searching out studies from Christians who are scientists, but you know you don't hear a whole lot, especially in modern mainstream about the millions of scientists that uh, use science to prove the Bible to pr- well the Bible proves the science I should say but they're believers in the Bible they're believers in creation and they believe that true science will not contradict the Word of God and they're right about that but they're not you know you don't hear. Um, quotations from them on the news or in textbooks or in public school classrooms because it goes against their agenda which um, is demonic and so that's why that is but the Bible tells us all about that they're without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened the minute they took on taking credit away from God for creation and explaining it with some alternate, to, uh, alternate theory, like evolution, um, their imaginations were vain, their hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Fools in the biblical sense, the person who rejects God, rejects the knowledge of God. Alright, um, and ignorance is clearly not an excuse. It says this, if you can see a sunset, if you can understand the complexities of the human body, if you can realize that, you know, just as the Bible says, man was created in the image of God and given dominion, while we're the only species on earth that can do calculus, build bridges and automobiles, fly airplanes, build skyscrapers, um, no other life on earth or anywhere else, for that matter, is designing, organizing, you know, figuring out and learning how to do those things. You think about the expansions of technology, um, and things that are happening. It clearly shows, uh, that what the Bible says is completely consistent with what we're seeing. That man is superior on earth, um, Made in the image of God. We're different than any other species of life that there is. Our capabilities are bigger. And even at that, think about this. God has limited and restrained and hindered our capabilities. Because if he hadn't, well, we, let's just be honest, we would have taken ourselves out by now. I mean, just think of what we've been through in the last two years. Don't forget, the mess that we're in is a wor- in the world right now with the whole COVID stuff is because... Some people who thought they were smart played with the virus in a lab they should not have played with and it got out and now look at us. Of course, it may have gotten out on purpose, but I don't know. That's not part of the study. Here, those who reject God will not have an excuse because the creation of God was designed to spark our curiosities. In order for us to seek after God. You know the Bible also says. Every man has been given a measure of faith. And so. That little measure of faith. Is not actually what can manifest salvation. That measure of faith is what. Should prompt us to seek after God. When we see the things around us. That are supposed to make us ask those questions. About who is God, what does God want from man, Um, you know, creation, these things. And then when you use that little measure of faith that we have to seek God, what does the Bible say? Those who will come to God must first believe that he is, right? And then it also says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So then we seek God and then God rewards by doing this. The person who's seeking after a relationship with God, but doesn't know Christ, God then through his Holy Spirit draws that individual to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to give them an opportunity to one, know the gospel, repent of their sins, and accept the sacrifice of Christ in order to manifest salvation. Without Jesus, you cannot be saved. Um, and so here we see that ignorance is not an excuse to not know God. And it's our job as Christians to go out and share the gospel. The third and final point of the study, as I was looking through this topic of ignorance, and how does God feel about it, Ignorance is not an excuse to live in sin. Here's another one. Now we're looking at the person who's already trusted Christ as their Savior. They're a saved believer. They're going to church. They're doing devotionals. But they're living in sin. Um, and we're not going to sit here and categorize whatever sin that might be. Okay, It doesn't... Sin is sin. When we go before our judgment as believers... And the Bible tells us clearly that we're going to be judged, every man according to his work, in the body of Christ, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Many will make the excuse, oh, but my pastor didn't warn me that what I was doing was wrong, or that church never preached that this was a sin or that that was a sin, or I didn't know I couldn't do that, or how many people have been taught now that they have an anything goes religion that because they've accepted who Jesus is, grace, um, they don't have to repent. They don't have to change anything. Um, God's okay with everything. You can you can still um, look at pornography and gamble and drink and do drugs and be homosexual and all these things, and God will still accept it. And I think there's something wrong with that. Okay? And I think people will stand before Christ at judgment and or they'll just be completely lost altogether and they won't go before the judgment seat of Christ for believers they'll they'll not they'll still be here after the rapture They'll suffer greatly in tribulation, and those that die beforehand will will resurrect right before the great white throne judgment of a holy God that'll thrust them in the hell for unbelief. That's always a possibility. But the other possibility would be that they'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, but I was told that your grace would cover all these things, that where my sin abounded, your grace did much more abound, and all these little verses that get used out of context. You know, I'm telling you right now, God does not want the believer to live in sin, and ignorance of sin will not be an excuse on his behalf. Let me give you two verses. First and foremost, let's go to Acts chapter 17. Uh, we'll be in verse 30, uh, but I want—I may go before then. I, yeah, so we'll start in verse 22. So Paul, this is his missionary journey. Paul was preaching to the men of Athens, right? It says here, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, this is in verse 22, 17, 22, Acts seventeen twenty-two. I perceive that in all things ye, ye are too superstitious. All right, God was dealing with people who believed in God, right? Um, it's not all paths lead to heaven. You understand that? There's one way to heaven, it's Jesus Christ. And here we have Paul. He's preaching to these these folks, and they have, you know, they're they're in Athens. Uh, they have a lot of the a lot of different gods, a lot of different things, and you know, they're always seeking after new things and wisdom and all this other stuff. So here, verse twenty three for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, right? So they even had a form of devotion towards God. There's religions that are devoted to God. They go to church all the time. They're there three and four times a week. The people have rituals. They go through, they do everything, and they make it look like they're devoted to God. But guess what? They're completely lost and they don't know Christ. It says here, and I found an altar with this inscription to the un. Known God. How sad is that? That you can be in a religion, going through the motions, have all the appearance of devotions, you can, you can be in a place of conformity, you can follow all the rules, you can follow all the dress codes, you can follow all the rituals, and you still don't know God, and you still don't know Christ as Savior. And that's where these folks were at. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. This is what you need to know if that is you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Praise God. And hath made of one blood, All nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and it determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Right now, Christ is not far from us. He may be sitting on the right hand of God, but he's ready to draw close. The Bible says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to us. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, all right? So here's a time of ignorance. There was a time where God dealt with the ignorance of man in their idol worship differently than he does now, okay? So there was a time where God overlooked idolatry on behalf of man, okay, because they didn't know better, and that's what it's talking about. When it says he winked at it, doesn't mean he was, you know, it's not the same as, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but what it means is he overlooked. Um, it's not the same as like a, uh, somebody winking at somebody now, what that could imply. This was God's overlooking of the ignorance of man. Meaning, God would have been within the right of striking man down as soon as he did any idol worship. And there were instances where idol worship came with immediate disastrous consequence. Ask Aaron about the uh, molten calf and everything. Um, But regardless, there was a time where God dealt with it differently. And now, the current time as Paul is addressing in Acts as the churches being, churches are being planted. Christianity is becoming the faith, um, you know, because it's being preached. Christ had resurrection, resurrected. You're now in the dispensation of grace, and that's what they're out to do: plant church and give revelations of the mystery of the dispensation of the grace of God. And Paul says this, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Ignorance is no excuse to live in sin. Paul addressed their idol worship. He addressed the fact that they had religion, but they didn't know God. Then he told them, at one time God would overlook it, but now God commands all men everywhere to repent. And it says, because he hath appointed a day, in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he that he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Who is he talking about? Jesus Christ. And that is whom the world will be judged by. The standard will be, did you accept him? So ignorance will not be an excuse to live in sin. And I'll go one more verse, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, we'll go to chapter 1, and uh, we'll start in verse 12. Paul's giving account of his own wrongdoings. Out of religious zealousness. Uh, he says here in verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Now you see Paul is giving an account here that in the name of religion, he was doing terrible things. We know is a Jewish, uh, pharisaical, Ruler, he was persecuting the church, consenting unto the death of Christians, um, and he was trying to stop the spread of the gospel. And we know that God, you know, Jesus revealed Himself to him, um, struck him down really, and convicted his heart. And then there was a great conversion, and Paul received mercy from God but it was not without repentance it wasn't uh it wasn't you know i i i don't believe i mean i understand that you know uh in scripture i mean his encounter from christ was something extremely powerful it overpowered him i mean he was struck down blind all this other stuff it, but he still had a choice And Paul chose to repent and to follow the Lord, and we need to do the same in our life. And so there we have an example that there was not an excuse because, you know, Paul says, I received mercy because I did these things in ignorance and the Lord gave him forgiveness, but Paul chose to leave those things behind In order to follow the Lord and be obedient to the calling of God on his life. Um, And so there was repentance. And I'll give you another verse. Hebrews 5 verse 2 says this. Well, I'll start in verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Back to Leviticus, what is the pattern? How is the pattern followed? And then think about Jesus Christ, our high priest. And then in verse two, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And there it is. God wants to have compassion on the ignorant. He wants to get to those who are out of the way. But he needs to be able to use us to do it. And we need to continue to have compassion on those who behave ignorantly because they don't know any better. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, Christ, as he died on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We understand that the person who dies in unbelief, in ignorance, in sin, is going to go to hell. We understand that a believer who chooses not to obey the Bible, yet goes to live in sin, if they had truly gotten saved, will have an adverse believer's judgment, a terrible loss of reward, and feelings of shame and everything else, um, yet they'll still be saved. Um... But we also understand somebody who completely rejects living for God, completely lives in sin, and is in the appearance of sin bondage, may not have ever gotten saved to begin with, because it certainly would suggest a lack of sincerity and understanding in what the gospel is all about. Repent before God, faith in Jesus Christ. The understanding of what he's done for us should make us want to follow him and live for him. And when we're in the wrong and we slip up and we do things we're not supposed to, we feel bad for it and we confess and we ask Christ for forgiveness. That's the Christian life. But here we have a study on ignorance because you know what? I look around the world and it's easy right now. It's easier for the Christian to say, you know what? I don't care what happens to those people. They can just... Die and go to hell. I'm not going to waste my time dealing with with people who, you know, they hate God. They clearly don't want to live for God. They clearly don't know God. They don't want to hear anything I have to say. You know, that is not what God wants from us. God wants us to be a witness. He wants us to be a light. He wants us to share the gospel any way that we can. Any way that he allows us to with the doors that he opens for us. We need to pray for him. We need to love them. We need to have compassion. We need to try to rescue those that we can out of the grips of sin and ignorance so that they can repent and live for the Lord. And so that was a study on ignorance because uh, we need it. Folks, I needed this study because my heart has, I have found that my heart has been indifferent at times towards the spiritual welfare of the people around me. And it was a passing of judgment based on my own reaction to the things that they do, say, lifestyles that they live. But none of that is for me to do. It's as important as they need Jesus too. And if I don't share Jesus with them somehow, who's going to? The responsibility falls on us. So let's... Have compassion and mercy because the Lord said, I will have mercy on who I'll have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. He's a merciful God and he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. that whosoever believeth on him and not perish would have everlasting life. The Bible says he is not slack concerning his promise, but that he is as some counting slackness. But yet he is long-suffering. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason we haven't been raptured yet is God still wants people to get saved. If he still wants people to get saved, then he still wants the church to share the gospel. So let's not be ignorant in the commission that God has given us. Let's embrace it. Let's understand it. God wants me to be a light to share the gospel with others that somebody else can come to know Christ as Savior. Let's carry that into the world this week. Let's apply it. Share the gospel with somebody. Give a track to somebody. Be a witness to somebody. And uh, tell them God loves them. Jesus died for our sins. Make conversation. Tell somebody, man, the world needs Jesus. And see what they say. Open up a conversation and use the opportunity that he gives us. We need to share the gospel with the world um, because it makes a difference. That's all for the Seeking Refuge podcast this week. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you'll tune in next time for another Seeking Refuge podcast.